supplement means by definition in addition to yep. right not replacement for right so ideally it should be used just that and the more we get from our diet or the more our supplements reflect foods that are in our diet the more aligned to health it is Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. We're coming at you with a brand new show. We appreciate whether you're listening on terrestrial radio across the country or as a podcast around the world. We certainly wouldn't be here without you. So stick around. We got all that coming up. This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. Welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated, Exploring Mind and Body. We're excited to have a brand new guest. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Dr. Jeff Crippen. Awesome, Drew. It's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience today. Thanks for having me. You betcha. We're looking forward to it. Let's jump into it. Tell us about who you are and what you do. Great. So uh, I'm a chiropractor and naturopath. Uh, We've got a mindset coaching business as well, helping people be more successful, focusing on what they want and clearing out what they don't want. But the reason I'm here and the reason I got into all that uh, was because of my own health struggles. It originally started when I was about six years old, had some pretty bad headaches um, and did what, you know, I knew to do. Or at that point, my mom and dad knew to do, which is go to the pediatrician and you chart with some children's Tylenol and some children's Advil. And then you do and then it gets worse. And then you do ibuprofen. Then it gets worse and you start taking one prescription drug and then another and then another. And all of a sudden, I'm in my teens. I've had a CAT scan. I've had. 10 or 12 MRIs of my brain. I've had a surgical consult and I've seen a dozen different doctors and the headaches just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And, you know, through the medical system, I realized that um, through that experience, I realized the medical system has um, little to do with health and unfortunately not a lot to do with care. And not to say it's, um, there's a lot of great people in that system, incredible technology, incredible diagnostics, but it's very much a disease treatment system. And, I went through a bunch of different options for that, but I realized how could they give me a sim- how could they give me an intervention, a drug, prescribed surgery, if they never understood what the problem was? And that's what I could never find from that system. And what made sense to me, even in my teen years, as time went on, was if they didn't know what the problem was, how could they solve it? So it was through that and through my own frustration and pain that it launched me on a journey that ultimately led me here as a chiropractor, as a traditional naturopath working on mindset coaching and ultimately growing a practice and wellness clinic to help others do the same. So there's a bunch of different natural or holistic modalities that you could have chosen. Why these? Yeah. So that's a great question. Um, the, the short answer is, um, in terms of the chiropractic piece, the reason I got into that is I really was in college and I was thinking about, I wanted to help others, um, especially because it just hurt me to see young kids. I know what the effect chronic debilitating pain and disease had on me as a young child. And I, I didn't want, I wanted to be able to help others avoid that experience. So then the question was, how do you do that? 
And really what that came down to for me was specifically working from inside the medical system as an MD uh, or an osteopath or working from more outside the medical system and, and specifically as a chiropractor. And I went back and forth looking at a few different options, but ultimately I think I recognized that that system is built and structured in a certain way that sometimes it's easier to affect change from the outside of that system. So that's what led me to chiropractic. And what I really loved about chiropractic there's, um, was the philosophy of it, which is basically the body is a self-healing, self-regulating organism, and it needs no help, just no interference. So it's this kind of idea, this vitalistic ability of the body to heal itself, to grow, to get better. And we know that because we cut our knee and it scabs, it heals, it inflames, it swells, and then ultimately it works again, right? So the body's always trying to heal. And when it gets stuck, it's because it's there's either an interference in the body's ability to heal or a nutrient missing. And that idea of that self-healing ability of the body really resonated with me and drew, drew me kind of from that ph philosophical angle to, to chiropractic. Interesting. So this might be slightly off topic. Tell me yeah. about your philosophy on aging. And the sense of what drives aging? Uh, like health and aging, you know, like people expect their health to decline as they get a bit yeah. older. What do you think about that? Um, well, I, I love this question. And like, you have a patient come in and say, I've got some knee trouble. And I was like, oh, what's going on with it? Oh, you know, doc, I'm just getting old. <laughs> it's like, okay, you got some right knee pain, I understand. But how old is your left knee? Right. And that idea, you know what <laughs> I mean? Awesome. It's like that. Yeah. That kind of idea that's like, oh, my right knee is getting old, you know, getting worse just because I'm getting old. Well, how old is your left knee? So my philosophy on, I, you know, I'm, I consider myself very fortunate that, you know, when I work with clients, you get the opportunity to see them get healthier as they age. And I think it is, in, you know, I've heard you talk about that before that idea, and I'm hundred percent alignment with it, that you can absolutely get older chronologically, but younger from a health a health or a functional standpoint means you can feel better as you age. And that's just not a theory. That's just not an idea. That is a hundred percent practical and, and available to all of us, no matter where we are, which is, you know, really exciting. Yeah. I love that so much. I, you don't hear that very often or ever. You <laughs> <laughs> just like, we work with clients as well. And it's the same deal as like, I'm just getting older or whatever it is. And it, it kind of drives me crazy a little bit because yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm getting better in yeah. health. Like my health is improving with, with knowledge and supplements and nutrition, whatever it is, exercise, mobility. I'm much in better, much in better shape. I, I played professional sports and I'm in better shape now than then. And people wouldn't believe that. Like, no, nah, that's, that's probably not true. It's, that's, that's a lie. And like, no, no, <laughs> it's real. It happens. <laughs> yeah. um, I just feel like that limiting mindset of like, I'm, I'm getting older and uh, there's nothing I can do about it, but I'm going to try a bunch of treatments. Um, instead of even considering prevention to yeah. uh, improve my health. But in most cases, I feel like those are probably just band-aids because people don't believe they can actually heal their bodies. And unfortunately, you know, that idea of the disease care system kind of trains us to do that, right? It trains us to, as you get older, you're going to start to have symptoms. And when you get symptoms, we're going to not look for the cause. We're going to totally ignore that. And we're going to give you a drug to cover it up. And what do we know that every drug has without fail all the time? Side effects. Side effect. <laughs> exactly. And then what do they do when you walk into your do to, to your doctor and you got a side effect from the first drug? Do they take you off the one that was causing the side effects? No. no. They give what you do they more. do? They give you another. <laughs> exactly. You get another one and you are on the merry-go-round, right? So, so you can understand. I can understand how people have that idea because that's what you see around us. 
that's what you see around most people. What we all need is like positive role models of aging in the sense of people around us who are getting healthier as they age. And that is totally possible. But again, the path of least resistance is not to go that route. So tell me more about your practice. Like what, what kind of clients are you looking for? I know we're going to talk about women in particular. Um, that's m- the majority. We have some outliers, but the majority of the our listening base. Are you, are you have a specific demographic or do you have a wide spectrum? Yeah. So, you know, we've been, um, we've been fortunate to attract a whole, a whole group of people. I'll tell you what really defines a lot of our, um, practice is women, probably about 70%. A lot of them happen to be mothers often working. So what do you deal with in that situation? As you well know, you know, energy, tiredness, busy running around with the kids, hormonal issues, going into premenopause, going into perimenopause, going into menopause, and some kind of autoimmune disease. Sometimes you get blood pressure and cardiovascular things. So it, it kind of branches out from there. And then, you know, through them, you meet the husband or you meet the, the mom or the dad. And so you get a whole bunch of conditions. But the patients who come to see me, that's that's like that's who they are in the sense of like the demographics. Why they come to me is one of two reasons. One is they've been to the medical system and they're like nearing the point of you know, unfortunately, medical wreckage, which is like they've been through that whole system. They've had the side effect of the first one, causes the second one, cause the third one, and they've on three different medications. And the system just didn't work for them. So they're or that's one group. And the second group is just like, I don't really want to go down that route. Drugs and surgery, like, isn't my jam. And I'm looking to understand how to create health and what do I need to do to apply. So that's kind of the two buckets a lot of my patients come into is is either been been to the medical disease care system didn't didn't help me get what i want or i just want to check out of that system and i want to understand what is health and how can i create that in my life Mm -hmm. i love that let's let's dive a bit deeper here so we know energy is a big one so we're looking at mostly women in particular and um, lack of energy they're coming to see you what is i mean you're looking at the reasons why we're looking at the root of the issue i love that tell us your process of how you diagnose or What's, is that yeah, diagnosis? sure. Yeah, well, the evaluation, the diagnosis. Yeah, absolutely. So, a few different ways to do that. One of the, one of the, one of what I would call the fallacy of medicine is this idea of one size fits all, right? Medicine very much operates a lot like it's on an assembly line, which, in the sense of like, you know, you have a two to five minute visit with your doctor, you get something, and you're out the door, right? So, the difficulty with that is we're not all the same. Some of us are tall, some of us are short, some of us are men, some of us are women, some of us are older, some of us are younger, right? We have, and that's not to talk about the individual uniquenesses we each have. There's a principle called biochemical individuality. And what that means is the amount of nutrients you could need versus what I could need versus what one of your listeners could need can vary up to 100x. So the amount of zinc or vitamin B or vitamin C or whatever those nutrients are can vary widely person to person. And we know this roughly, you know, just an extreme example, bodybuilders need more protein, you know, than somebody who's lazy and on the couch, right? And pregnant women need more of most all nutrients, right? As they're growing, you know, for themselves and support the fetus. So nutrient requirements can vary drastically from person to person. So how do we figure out what someone needs? Well, we do that a couple different ways. One is we'll do some we use blood work. It's not my primary um, method of analysis, but we use blood work. And when we do, we'll we'll just not just take the reference ranges. We'll break it down into ideal ranges. Um, so, what's the optimal or wellness range? So, one example uh, that your listeners may be familiar with is called TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone. One of the most common blood tests that's done for thyroid function. 
So the lab tet the lab range will vary lab to lab, but it's roughly somewhere between 0.4 and 4.5, right? That's roughly the lab range for it. But the question is, what does that really tell us? And the answer is not much. It's like if you have a kid in college and they came home and you asked them what their GPA was and that you and they said somewhere between 0.4 and 4.5, right? In the US, the four point <laughs> system. What do you know about the kid? Nothing other than they're still alive, right? And that's about all you know, right? So we'll break we'll break that down and optimum range often falls somewhere between one and two. So on the low tail, that tells us something on the high end of normal, that tells us something else, but we look for optimum and we'll do that for dozens and dozens of different blood tests. And then we'll actually look at an individual, um, individual energetic assessment of the body. We use something called muscle testing to find out what organs are strong, what organs are weak, and then what's stressing out those organs. So when you talk about fatigue and you talk about women and mothers and people in that area, you know, their first attention goes to as most likely goes to one or two areas. And that is the thyroid. That is a common uh, thing that that most people will think of or assume. And that may or may not be true, but that's something we'll look at. And the other one is the adrenals. So the adrenals are there's two glands about the size of pea that sit right on top of your kidney. And they basically help you handle the stress and strain of life. And guess what? If you have a car and you drive it cross country and you redline the engine the whole way across if you're going from vancouver over to the east coast and you're redlining that engine guess what you're going to need more gas you're going to need more oil and there's going to be some damage to the car well it's not too much different if we're busy working kids and you're redlining your body for a while you're going to burn up the nutrients that you need so what we'll do is look at which part of the body kind of got burned up and then we'll rebuild it with a combination of uh, functional whole food nutritions some herbal therapy, and then some lifestyle factors to help rebuild um, rebuild and support those tissues. And we can dive in more of either one of those that that you want. But that's kind of the big picture approach we'll take. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, this is fantastic. Let's let's um let's, let's keep on this path. Tell us the, those three categories. Are those your three pillars that you go over with them? Yeah. So let's, we'll take the case of the, so let's say it shows up as an adrenal. So let's say we look at the adrenal. So what are some things we could possibly look at for that? So a couple things we'll think of the, the most important vitamins for the adrenal gland are B vitamins. And by this, I'm talking about whole food based B vitamins. So this is going to be, you know, foods such as liver, nutritional yeast, uh, sweet potato, beets. These are all very rich sources of B vitamins. And I'm not talking about synthetic stuff you can buy off the shelf because that's um, you know, maybe necess not necessarily going to give you all those nutrients. So whole food based B vitamins, whole food vitamin C. So again, that can include not, not just ascorbic acid, which is what you'll find if you go to, uh, you know, a lot of supplements will have ascorbic acid, but a food base would include things like bioflavonoids. One of them happens to be something called rutin, um, which is very high in buckwheat and onions and apples actual adrenal gland, um, for those who eat meat can be a very rich source of it. So there's supplements that are actually made from food. There's a copper based enzyme called tyrosinase, which is very important. So anyway, we can go into more depth on that, but they're nutrients to rebuild the adrenal. So those are a couple of them right there. Um, for, on the herbal side, we can look at, you know, a whole bunch of different herbs that we might. And what we're doing is looking at this whole picture and then individually calibrating what's best for the person at that time. But broadly, the herbs we're looking at are ashwagandha, which is phenomenal for the adrenals, also a very good thyroid herb as well. So um, you could look at rhodiola, um, Korean ginseng, to a lesser degree, even echinacea. 
which is a lot of people think of it as immune, immune boosting, which it absolutely is. But traditionally, it was actually used as an adaptogenic or adrenal tonic herb. Um, we could look at even a Chinese herb called Shisandra. And anyway, we could build out more from there. And then from a... Go ahead. I just want... Yeah, Kinesha, tell me real quick. So how did that... I'm always interested in the history. How did that yeah. um, get transferred over to a mutant system? Yeah. That's not where it started. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So um, this... this and I think there's basically different healing traditions on it, but, but a lot of us in the West now think of that as immune boosting. Um, I was meeting with an herbalist, uh, a guy named Kerry Bone out of Australia. And what he was telling us is echinacea is phenomenal for adrenal function. And then even more than that, the benefits of echinacea are traditionally come, you know, it's from taking it consistently every day. So taking it consistently for a month, but if you take it for two months, you got more benefits than a month and up to six months and a year and up to two years, the most continuous benefits of that. Now you can look at echinacea specifically and you can see increase in thymus function. Thymus is a gland that sits just behind the breastbone and is involved for the maturation of the immune system. And you can see increased white blood cell count, which is very good um, to prevent against infection. But the other thing about echinacea you'll see is uh, a calming down or a modulation of the immune system. So people with autoimmune conditions, echinacea actually calms down the immune system. So it's not attacking the body so much. So you have a modulating effect with echinacea. Now, that's one part of the question, but to answer specifically what you asked, they, they actually met with some, um, it's an herb that grows here in the United States, specifically up in the Midwest. And they looked at some of the um, indigenous uh, or Native American tribes up there and asked them how they used it. And basically they talked about it being for a tonic and for energy. So mm. it was interesting. So how it developed and a lot of the research and a lot of the use now is very much on the immune system side and a short term, typically immune response. But, uh, at least with some of the, uh, Native American cultures here in the U S, uh, it, it's traditional use is that long-term adaptogenic energy support. Do you, I don't know how you feel about, we're, we're into supplements as well. I really yeah, like to great. read ingredients and pay attention sure. to what goes in our body. Really? I try to find in most cases products without alcohol in there. I'd imagine uh -huh. there's benefits on some level, but um, I see a lot of echinacea on the shelf that has alcohol in it. Any yeah. idea why that is? Yeah. So it's you. So when you're looking at echinacea, you're looking at the um, you're looking at the active um, you're looking at the active ingredients that are in it. So the key thing to, to when you're evaluating echinacea is what is the active ingredient in it, um, and the active ingredient within echinacea is something called the alkalinamides. And those are a, a functional group within the echinacea. And the reason that matters is echinacea is fairly easy to grow, but one of the groups of molecules that actually make echinacea work are the alkalinamides. So when you're getting an echinacea, you want to make sure it has a certain alkalinamide content. Or if you can guarantee that, you can be much more certain about its effectiveness or its function. So why is it? So that's, that's the key ingredient. So ultimately, when you're choosing the extraction me method it can be water-based can be alcohol and what i understand alcohol is a much better um solvent to help extract extract those alkalinamides you can't find it we i've used it in an alcohol extract and also use it in a tablet form as well but the key is no matter which one you look at you're looking for that alkalinamide content um but I, I agree with you generally about trying to avoid alcohol if we can right okay that's great appreciate that one more nerdy question on my part. Sure, sure. <laughs> Just to dive deep into this vitamin C. Now, I understand there's a ascorbic acid and absorbic yeah. acid. Can you differentiate that for me? Yeah. Um, 
So what I'm so what I'm familiar with is I'm familiar mostly with the ascorbic acid. Um, so, um, is so are they different? Are they different components? Is that what you're saying? Right? Yeah, I could be complete. I could be completely wrong. I understood that when you're looking at a vitamin C supplement, you can uh -huh. see them as the base as absorbic acid or ascorbic oh, acid. Got it. Got it. Um, and I don't know if one's better than the other, or if maybe I'm completely out to lunch on that question. Good. No, no, you could be totally right. I'll tell you what I look for when I see a, a, a vitamin C supplement. I look at the ingredients as well. I'm 100% with you. Um, but the ingredients I like to see are things like nutritional yeast, buckwheat powder, veal bone, you know, reishi mushroom, shiitake mushroom, carrot. Like I'm looking for a whole food source of the vitamin C. And the reason is because the ascorbic acid, the, the example I, or the analogy I like to use with, with, with patients and with clients is the ascorbic acid is like the wrapping paper. The gift is the vitamin C inside. Mm -hmm. So ascorbic acid by weight is no more than two to 5% of vitamin C when you find it in nature. So that means if you pick up a broccoli or so, you know, a piece of broccoli or you pick up an orange, the functional part of the vitamin C is those bioflavonoids, something that I mentioned called, called rutin. Uh, and rutin actually um, posted something on my Instagram, but it's, it was a, it was, it was a, Harvard University did a screen of 5,000 different nutrients to find out what was the single best clot busting molecule that existed. And they looked at things that prevented arterial clots, clots in the arteries, and venous clots, which are clots in the veins, the venous system. And from a medical perspective, they use different drugs to prevent clots in the arteries and different drugs to prevent clots in the veins. What they found was rutin was the single most effective molecule preventing clots of the 5,000 things they studied. And what made it unique is it was um, it had efficacy or it worked both in the arteries and the veins. So that's an example of one of the components you'll find in that whole vitamin C complex that you won't find in an ascorbic acid supplement. So by example, that's the gift that's within the wrapping paper. And if you're getting just the ascorbic acid, you're getting just the wrapping paper. And we may have heard that ascorbic acid is an antioxidant, and it absolutely is. But the function of that antioxidant is to protect what's inside that package. Things like rutin, th uh, different bioflavonoids that support um, vascular integrity, um, so to help make stronger blood vessels. As I mentioned, there's a, an, an enzyme called tyrosinase, which is copper-based, uh, which is really important for thyroid and adrenal function. So um, that's when I think, so when I look at a, a, a vitamin C supplement, that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking for it being food-based and whatever the ascorbic acid content is, should be no more than two to 5% of the total pill because that's roughly how it's found in nature depending on the food. And how about just let, let's end this vitamin C off with uh camu yeah. camu. Is that something yeah. that was that a natural form of vitamin C that you're talking about? Exactly. So that could be, that could absolutely be a food that has vitamin C in it. Yeah. Right. So that, that would be an example of a whole food base. So then what you'd be looking at is, you know, the ratio of camu camu to the ascorbic acid and then how, how well balanced the vitamin, the, the individual nutrients, the individual pieces of the, the gift of vitamin C are balanced in camo camo versus other nutrients, which I haven't d dove into exactly, but those would be the things I would look at. But certainly the more food based it is, the healthier it's going to be in the sense of promoting health and giving the body what it needs. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate that. I'm a hundred, hundred percent on board with food first. We always believe food heals, food cures, food prevents. 
And then we got into supplementation when we knew people weren't going to yeah. <laughs> eat the food yeah, that yeah, we're yeah. telling them to eat. Sure. Um, yeah. So that was... So I just think a supplement means, just to your point, supplement means by definition, in addition to, yep. right? Not replacement for, right? So ideally it should be used just that. And the more we get from our diet or the more our supplements reflect foods that are in our diet, the more aligned to health it is. Yeah, hundred percent. Oh, we don't have too much time. Was there one more pillar that we could go over? Did we get to all three or just the two? Yeah, let's see. We talked about herbs. Yeah. So we'll just talk briefly about lifestyle um, things. So when somebody's in real adrenal fatigue, um, there's often a tendency to to push, work hard, caffeine, keep going. Often in these people, it's very paradoxically, uh, very paradoxical and sometimes a difficult conversation that actually you can feel better, have more energy and actually lose more weight if you first take a step back, allow the body to rest, focus more on restorative types of exercise. Um and as you build up the adrenals, then you can push more into higher intensity, um, making sure they get a consistent sleep schedule, go to bed earlier, um, even to create some time for, you know, laying down and during the day, which is definitely a challenge for all of us, especially busy moms. But even if it's just 15 or 20 minutes, even if you don't fall asleep and take a nap, creating some time to just allow the body to rest. And I'll throw one more for you and um, somebody with adrenal issues. Um, you'll know this because if, if you're on this call and... Um, or on this podcast and you're listening and you crave salt, right? Salt cravings are a sign of adrenal fatigue. So, and the reason is your adrenals help hold on to sodium in the body. So as the adrenals get weak, you'll lose more sodium through the urine. So if you're the kind of person that craves salty food um, or likes chips or things like that with salt, um, you, that's a sign of adrenal fatigue. So in those cases, supplementing or adding to your food, a good quality sea salt one to two teaspoons a day is incredibly helpful to help heal up the body and replace what's being lost uh, through those adrenals. So anyway, there's more we can get into, but those are a couple of things we can touch on as well. Sure. Yeah. We don't have much time, but I'm enjoying. Can you, can you tell us the different, uh, can you differentiate between sea salt and Himalayan salt? Yeah. So, so Himalayan, yeah, great, great. So Himalayan would be an example of a sea salt. So you'd look in sea salt, basically just dehydrated sea, dehydrated ocean. So Himalayan is, is, is sea salt that comes from the Himalayas. You can find a different form of Celtic sea salt would be another form of sea salt. Uh, there's some from Hawaii as well. So there's different types of sea salt. Himalayan happens to be a really, really great one to use. Okay. So that was the, <laughs> getting into history, was those, the Himalayas used to be under the ocean? Do you know that? Yeah. Yeah. I believe that's exactly right. Um, I believe that's exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I wish we had more time. This was fantastic. Is there anything that you wanted to share before we wrap things up here? No, I just, it, it, yeah, time flew by. It was really enjoyable. Pleasure to, uh, pleasure to connect and, um, just like to thank your, thank your audience for, for listening and just, and, and just congratulate them for taking steps towards their health, for listening to podcasts like this and for putting their intention on, on getting better and growing. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Um, I just wanted to end with how to, um, find you, your services. How can people reach you? Yeah, great. I mean, the reason I'm here is to share a message of health and help people achieve it. So, um, if you want to continue the conversation, you can find me on Instagram, which is just my name, Jeff Crippen, J E F F C R I P P E N. Um, and if you want to go deeper in some of these topics and really talk about what are these principles of health? How can we achieve it more efficiently, more quickly? I wrote a book called Timeless Youth. The Five Truths of Transformational Wellness and Holistic Healing. And you can find that on Amazon through our website, timelessyouthbook.com, or 
any of your favorite local bookstores. Um, they can they can certainly order it for you or have it in stock if you prefer to get it from there. So you can just call them and get there. But that and the reason I wrote that book was um, for mothers, for kids, the people who are going through struggling with there's something more uh, missing in this health in this healthcare model, um, and they're not feeling 100. percent And I wrote this to help expand that reach and rewire our brains towards what is health, so we can get results quicker and more effectively with whatever intervention we're trying. Fantastic. All right, Dr. Jeff, that was amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thanks, Drew. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. Once again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. You can always find us on facebook.com slash trueformlife. We post up there a couple times a day on our story. We're always trying to bring you more content around living a healthy lifestyle, whether that be nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. We also have free challenges that we do at least once a month. So if you follow us along there, you'll be able to join maybe a plank challenge or a squat challenge, Tabata challenge, whatever it may be. We'd love to have you join us. We're also on Instagram.com slash Drew Tadia. Again, we're posting up there a couple times a day along with our story, all dedicated to keeping you fit and healthy and on track. Our main website is trueformlife.com. If you want to check out some of our products, some of our services, or if you just want some great content from videos to blog posts and recipes and more, we got all that at trueformlife.com. Once again, thank you so much for being here. That's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadio, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.